0: Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Ryan Horvat here with you. I am still convinced that the Padres are buyers, even though, uh, what was it, they lost to the Pirates again? yesterday and still we're having issues here uh but we will talk about uh mlb's trade deadline uh non-angels news i suppose uh we'll get into that a little bit later in the show but now it's time to talk about uh nfl awards and futures and some interesting nfl news pertaining to the denver broncos so sean payton new broncos head coach is inheriting a, a bit of a mess Normally, there is a PR campaign that would be afoot where you're saying all of the right things and you're presenting things in the most positive light possible or really forcing us to start to think about things differently. You never go back and criticize the previous regime unless you are Sean Payton. So uh, he said to Jared Bell of USA Today, quote, Pertaining to Nathaniel Hackett, it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. Joe, it's nice to see a little bit of truth-telling happening in today's NFL. Did we lose Joe? Horvy, it's nice to see a little bit of positive (laughs) truth-telling here in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean... I love this to be honest. And what's funny about the whole thing is, you know, with, uh, Sean Payton is obviously.
0: Oh, wow. Hack it just hello. There you go. You're back. Oh, Hey,
1: yeah. You gotta love, uh, technology here. All right. So, uh, I think I have you guys here. Yeah. You gotta love a little bit of honesty. Like you said though, Ed, and, uh, You know, like last year, Sean Payton was obviously at Fox uh, watching what went down in Denver, uh, watching Nathaniel Hackett, the disaster that was Nathaniel Hackett there, Um, and telling it the way it is, and it was a mess. Like, the only good thing that you could say about Denver last season was it was still a top 10, top 5 defense, and they never gave up, even though on the offensive side of the ball, it was just a big mess. It was just three and out after three and out. So uh, you like to hear the honesty from Sean Payton. Now it's going to be interesting to see if he could turn it around year one and make Russell Wilson look like Russell Wilson again.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I, I look at this and, and say the Broncos should be in a better position to succeed because, I mean, you just go back to week one, and even though you don't want to you know, assume everything based upon that, But to me, Russell Wilson probably still has, like, a couple of years left in him where he can play, uh, you know, decently. And certainly, I think the receiving core, you know, it's one of those things where I think even prior to Nathaniel Hackett, prior to Russell Wilson, we always felt like that the Broncos, they were pretty sound in most places, especially at wide receiver. It's just that the quarterback position was just never quite right. And in today's NFL, you at least need to be average at that spot to really be in contention. And the Broncos couldn't even get average play. And we ultimately saw some negative results as far as they're concerned. And, It's amazing that Nathaniel Hackett, uh, you know, who did some great things with Aaron Rodgers, uh, some great things in Green Bay, uh, suddenly has this really, really bad reputation just because he couldn't quite handle coaching an entire football team. And so in that respect, you know, Sean Payton may not be wrong. It's just really surprising that he came out and was so forceful as far as that's concerned. So let's move yeah. on now uh, to NFL awards and futures and uh, how we want to bet on some things. And, uh, Horvy, you mentioned uh, that Garrett Wilson is someone that you are going to be paying close attention to.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm a little bit higher on the Jets than most coming into the season. Now, I wouldn't, <clears throat> I wouldn't do anything like with their current prices. You know, I did bet them 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl a week before uh, they didn't make the deal for Aaron Rodgers. Just kind of figuring that was going to be the route that they were going to go. I think that he's still got some good football left in him. And if you look at Garrett Wilson last year, so what I looked at, you know, you could look at the numbers for offensive player of the year, but what I did with Garrett Wilson was receiving yard leader, which you could still find a 20 to one out there. Uh, he led all rookies last year in receiving yards. And that was with the trio of Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Chris Strevler throwing him the football. And if you look at it, man, 16.3% of his targets were deemed inaccurate by quarterbacks, which was actually the fourth highest rate among all wide receivers to have 100 or more targets. Speaking of the targets, you know, you look at Devontae Adams, especially those four elite seasons that he spent with Aaron Rodgers, he averaged 12, 13, 11 targets per game. The knock on Rodgers always is when he finds his go-to guys, he st- his go-to guy, he sticks with that guy. For years, it was Jordy Nelson. You know, if you go back and you even watch that NFC Championship game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rodgers just continues in the red zone to force it to Devontae Adams. And I don't really worry about Randall Cobb uh, stealing targets from Garrett Wilson. He's there because he's Rodgers' buddy. He's a good locker room guy. I don't really worry about Alan Lazard stealing targets from Garrett Wilson. You know, I think he'll be pretty big on third downs because of the familiarity, because he's like Rodgers' security blanket uh, at this point. And he's more of a – he's a really good run-blocking wide receiver. But – I think Garrett Wilson could have a monster season. Um, you look at the rest of the wide receivers in that room. it's Corey Davis, it's Hardman, you know. Um, I think Garrett Wilson could have a monster year because I think the volume of the targets is going to be there. So I like the receiving yard leader prop for Garrett Wilson uh, 20 to one this year.
0: Yeah, I like that process overall. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, The the question to me is how much will Aaron Rodgers kind of go to one of his guys uh, as opposed Mm -hmm. to going to, say, the best receiver in that group, which could very well be Garrett Wilson. That, to me, is the biggest question. And I don't know if how much of that is just, okay, the Aaron Rodgers personality quirk uh, is something that makes me a little bit nervous uh, or maybe this offense just doesn't work. I mean, at some point when you have uh, someone of Rodgers' caliber – you know, father time always wins, right? You know, at what point does he sort of fall off the cliff? That is also going to be a a big question. And so I think uh, maybe we're in slight disagreement as far as like how sharp that number is. But overall, I do like that process a lot as far as figuring out, uh, you know, who can be the receptions leader, who can win offensive uh, player of the year. Definitely, I think Wilson uh, is a good bet as far as anything else. Um, One defensive player of the year, candidate that I want to, you know, throw in your direction. He's 150 to one, which I find really surprising because to me, he's a name that we, I I think we are aware enough of his ability as a pass rusher uh, and as an edge guy. But I look at this and I say, okay, last season, this guy ranked fourth in quarterback pressures. Yeah. There was a downtick in sacks, but often that means there's a positive regression in his future He's not necessarily competing with any other outside linebackers or defensive tackles for getting home, for accruing sacks. And this is a defense that I think got a lot of people's attention last year and I think can still play at a really high level. And to me, Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars at 150-1 to can very well be Defensive Player of the Year. I love the number more than I do anything else but here is someone who may not be in that same conversation uh, with the other elite edge rushers, but you're talking about a fantastic number for someone who really wasn't that far off from, say, like a Miles Garrett or, you know, a TJ Watt, someone like that, as far as getting those big pressure numbers.
1: Yeah, you know what? I really like the number, and I love the play. So I know that team success doesn't really matter, Ed, but I do like the Jags this year. Uh, And then coming into the season, you know, last year they were really young on the defensive side of the ball. I think some of those guys are going to step up, be a little bit better. We'll see what we get from Walker this season. But, like, even when Pro Football Focus put out their list of the league's best pass rushers in true pass sets, there is, you know, Allen, and he's top five. He's the fourth best lineman. The sack numbers, I know uh, two years ago, seven and a half. Last year, I believe he had seven sacks. He has double digit sacks. I really like that price. I really like that number. And I think, you know, the Jags will have a lot more eyeballs on him this season. So I do like that a lot. I like that look. Follow up with that. Like, so 150 yeah. to 1 for Defensive Player of the Year, but yeah. 50 to 1 for Sacks leader. Like, do you, just because, like, the Parsons, the Bosa's, the Watts, all the Garretts, all those guys at the top of Defensive Player of the Year just makes it so hard when it comes down to voting. Do you. Is it like worth, do, do you look at one over the other? Is like, just what's that process like as far as like taking all that into account? It's like, oh, you know, great number, 150 to one for defensive player of the year. Is it worth yeah. betting
0: on a category sacks leader where the numbers will just be the numbers and they'll speak for themselves? I, I think in this spot, if you're the sacks leader, then nine times out of 10, you're probably winning uh, the, the defensive player of the year honor. And so, whichever number may be better. And it could also work the other way, right? Like, yeah, Josh Allen may not have the same pub uh, that some of these other edge rushers have, but maybe he doesn't finish as the sacks leader, but maybe the Jaguars go off, or at least the defense goes off to where you're seeing some elite quarterbacks in the AFC just struggle against that entire unit and so maybe he doesn't need to finish number one in sacks, but he is the name, he's the face, he's the likeness of that Jaguars defense, and that could be enough for him to win MVP. So it could almost work both ways, but then give me the better number, and the 150 to one is that.
1: Yeah, see, I agree with that process right there. Just because also you look at the pass rushers in the league as well, and you have TJ Watt, you have Micah Parsons, um, you know, obviously you have, uh, you know, a, a bunch of guys at that position. And so I would rather go with Defensive Player of the Year because of the better number. Also, you know, let's say there's a couple maybe interceptions, a couple strip sacks. Maybe he doesn't lead the league in sacks, but maybe he's a sack or two away from Nick Bosa, but he has more interceptions or, you know, he has a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So I like that process. You know, Ed, I actually jotted this down yesterday because I think you, uh, Joe, and myself were all in agreement on Seattle this year, right? It's just too many question marks around San Francisco right now at the quarterback position. I think there will be regression from Brock Purdy. I kind of wanted to see Sam Darnold win that job, to be honest. What do you think about, and the price isn't great, it's 30-1, to but what do you think about Geno Smith MVP? If you like Seattle to win the division, right, um, I really like the run game. You have Kenneth Walker. Now you have Zach Charbonnet to kind of take some pressure off him because I know the numbers dipped a little bit the second half of the season. He was also dealing with an injury. But you're fixing up that offensive line. You draft JSN, who, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in that class. You don't draft a quarterback like Will Levis to push uh, Gino here in camp, so now he knows he's the guy. You have DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. And he's coming off a year where you know he led the league in completion rate. He had 30 touchdown passes, and I think Pete's gonna actually trust them a little bit more, open up the offense a little bit more. And as long as you know we're not giving touches to uh, Kenneth Walker, you know, like all season long in the red zone, I think he could duplicate the success thrown around 30 touchdown passes. What do you think about Geno Smith 30 to 1 as an MVP candidate this season? Is that crazy?
0: I I don't just love that number, but I do think he's very much in contention. Uh, To me, I'd probably want to, you know, splice up what that number means and if if there's some real value there. You know, upon first instinct, I'd say maybe not, but I am very high on Seattle and very high on Geno Smith, and it's entirely possible, maybe with the exception of the Dolphins, that Seattle does have the best wide receiver core, maybe top to bottom. Uh, Certainly with the Dolphins, uh, maybe it's top-heavy, but if you're looking at, you know, one through the end of the list for the Seahawks, maybe they have the best core. And so that'll certainly help Geno Smith. And also, too, look, the, the team that finishes first in the NFC, that quarterback is going to get a lot of attention. I mean, like, look at Jalen Hurts for the Eagles last year. I he certainly played well. He also missed a couple of games. And I would argue there were probably a few other quarterbacks who perhaps played a little bit better than him. It's just that Hertz was part of a winning campaign for the Eagles. And so the team that finishes first in the NFC is going to get a lot of attention at the quarterback position. Geno Smith could be that guy. Again, the number is concerning, but the wide receivers are there. The offensive line is continuing to rebu- to, to get rebuilt. And as far as Kenneth Walker touches are concerned, I think he'll get them in, say, I don't want to call meaningless situations or garbage time, but they're not going to be things that could take away from the quote unquote highlight reel. It goes back to, to something else, too, is that maybe Josh Allen has the best highlight reel, maybe not the best numbers, but that matters a great deal as far as these voting markets are concerned.
1: Yeah, you just, you know, you compare prices, right? And I love Justin Fields, but 20 to 1 for Justin Fields to win league MVP, 30 to 1 for Geno Smith. We like Seattle's chances, you know, more than we like the Bears to win the North. I do like what the Bears are doing, but I think they're probably a year away. I mean, Fields would make sense because you do bring in DJ Moore. You know, he's probably going to rush for over 1,000 yards. You add a couple, uh, you know, you add a tackle, two new members of the offensive line. But still, I'd rather play Geno at 30 to 1 than Justin Fields. Um, but yeah, like you said, a lot of times it does matter about the highlight package as well, too. But uh, I do think that there's some good value, you know, in, in these markets uh, right now, MVP mm-hmm. and Defensive Player of the Year. But I do really like that 150 to 1 look. That's a great price.
0: You know, with with Justin Fields, though, you know, again, there are just a lot of questions here. I mean, I get that right. that division uh, leaves something to be desired, but you can say the same. You can say the same thing about the Seahawks, right? Yeah, you have to go through the Forty Nine ers twice, but are we really that concerned about the Rams and the Cardinals? Even though I'm not sure Arizona will be the worst team in the NFC, that's not a team that I think will go in the other direction per se. So, I, I mean, to me. The schedule is probably behooving Seattle just a little bit more, despite the extra travel. So I look at that and say, yeah, if you're comparing those two, definitely Geno's going to make a lot more sense than Justin Fields. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, some more Angels news and how they may very well be using Lucas Giolito. And we'll also talk about the rest of today's MLB card right here on the BetQL Network.